Yeah, oh, no. uh, it's a big week. Uh, babe, babe, you may need to grab Sky. Oh! Oh, God, my spine! Okay. Oh, okay. Ah. I'm going to the, eject yeah. Taco. Eject Taco. tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. I am your host, Brian. You can find me on Twitter at RoomwarePod. You can find the podcast on Twitter at GaySpacePod. And with me, as always, is my fully engaged co-host, August. <laughs> fully engaged. We are not mm-hmm. partially disengaged. We are fully engaged. Um, <laughs> yes. Hello, I'm August. I'm going to get married in 2023, bitches. What's up? Um, and we're going to get shot. Uh, yes, that also will have happened by the time this comes out. Um, and, uh, my pronouns are they, them, and my cat is rubbing on my desk, and you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at HarpyDora, and I'm gonna stop while Little Bit is distracted. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, big news in the world of cartoons. I got, uh, my first dose of the COVID vaccine. That's very important to cartoons. I thought you were going to say that big news in the world of cartoons, you also got engaged, which makes no sense because I know you haven't. Well, me and Lola Bunny. Oh, my uh, God. (laughs) Are you the the Wonder Bread guy? You have to legally tell me if you're the Wonder Bread guy. (laughs) So I I feel like that's the biggest cartoon news uh, in in the Inverine months is they've the those bastards the, those the, the P, it's pc gone mad the those the, the, the those soy cucks over at warner brothers have have, have removed lola bunny's just massive jugs i guess yeah it's it's so bad because now non furries can't wank to her anymore yeah even though it's, it's basically in line with every depiction post fucking Space Jam that she's been in in animated media up until this point. Also, she looks like she's actually playing basketball now. Yeah, it's it's just people are mad that they can't jerk it to her, but are also like not wanting to admit that that's why they're mad. I feel like you can still jerk it to her. I don't see what the problem is. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> else. I feel like we need to move on. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't know. Where, is there any other? Uh, I don't think there's any other major cartoon news. Um, oh, have you seen the shit with like Ray, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, Mary Tran, and all that jazz? Uh, no. Uh, okay, so like Raya and the Last Dragon is that new uh, Disney movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're trying to get you to pay thirty dollars to 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 see it now instead of just waiting like 
four weeks where it's when it's on Disney Plus for fucking free. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, she has this like solitary, somewhat flirty line with the antagonist, who's also like a lady. And uh, Marie Tran, to her to her credit, says she reads that at like she read it as though the character had romantic interests in this other character, and basically everybody else online is like, "Is this Disney's first gay uh, Disney princess?" And it's like, no, it's not explicitly fuck or all. Um, also, I've seen Frozen, like, <laughs> yeah, obviously, um, like it, it's just like. It just it's like no everybody fucking chill your fucking shit disney's still like a garbage company and even though they greenlit the owl house which is adorable and explicitly queer and i like it uh there's still a bunch of fucking like money grubbing cowards uh who won't put any kind of real representation in their movies unless it can make them money safely so you know don't rely on the fucking mouse to get your validation yeah the mouse Sorry. is just very happy to take your money for yeah. whatever table scraps he chooses to drop. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like... You want to know what the worst part of this is, though, Brian? What? I would go to gay days in a heartbeat if it were safe to do so. Like, that's the worst part. Like, I hate the mouse, but I fucking love Disney. <laughs> Yeah, it's listen. the fucking worst. Disney, D- Disneyland World, whatever. Uh, oh, I would go to Disneyland. I prefer or no World, the big one, the Florida one. It's the it's, my preferred one. Uh, um, it's it's I love it so much, but I hate the con- corporate conglomerate. But I love Disney World so much. But yeah, the fucking yeah, it's like again, it's I. It's fine if you if you like Ray and the Last Dragon, and you want to read it as queer, and you, that's cool. By all means, go for it. Mary, uh, Mary Tran, Marie Tran, going out and saying that stuff also cool. But like, if Disney had a problem with this, um, they would squash it in a heartbeat. Also, that's just one actor's interpretation of the part. That's not anywhere in the goddamn text of the fucking movie. So like, I'm not here to fucking stand this thing. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> but I do hear it's a pretty okay movie. It's like a like a legit action movie from Disney, which is pretty fun. Um, yeah. Let's see. What other any other cartoon details? Uh, well, I finished speaking, WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, speaking of WandaVision, I've started WandaVision. Hell yeah. I feel a little bad because it's like I'm finding it entertaining mm-hmm. but ultimately like it's fine like I'm not invested in Wanda as a character I'm not invested in Vision as a character I'm sure as shit not invested in their relationship I don't know this is this series sold me on their relationship because I feel like like from the moment to for me, when Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Paul Bettany got on screen for the first time, they had a level of chemistry that I've never fucking seen them have in the movies. Um, turns out that if you let two good actors act at each other, they're pretty good at acting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, also, the thing I appreciate is them 
especially in the first like three, like four or five episodes when they're going through the the kind of retro sitcoms, they change their acting styles to fit those sitcom style, like those acting styles of period. Because apparently they had like a sitcom boot camp on set where they would go through and do like acting drills in those acting styles. So that's as cool. An acting nerd, I find that interesting. Yeah, no, I mean that's really that's really fun. I'm you know, I'm entertained. I'm just I don't know. It it's fine. I'm not invested, but it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, Anya and Amber are just like being emotional about like various things to do with you know Wanda and like her grief and things like that, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's fine, I guess. <laughs> you monster. I mean, I guess spoiler alert: Vision dies, but you know, uh, everybody you- on the planet except for me has seen those movies anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter. Oh, have you not seen the last couple no. Avengers movies? Oh. I, I don't really want to. It's just like I haven't seen the last... I've, I've only seen uh, The Force Awakens. I haven't seen the other two. And I don't strongly feel like I want to, so I'm not gonna. I, I have strong opinions about uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, and especially in, like... Obviously, I, I don't don't feel the last movie is necessarily worthwhile, but again, I'm also the the kind of fucking hardcore Star Wars nerd who's out here reading fucking Doctor Phasma comics and all kinds of shit. So, and I mean that's that's fine. I will watch all Star Wars things whether they're good or bad. I mean, I went and hate watched fucking uh, Batman versus Superman because I knew it was gonna be bad and I didn't care. I needed to see it. I had to know how bad it was gonna be. I can't hate watch. That's my problem. I tried to. Sorry, go go ahead. No, yeah, go on. I tried to hate watch uh, Angel at one point because I really, really did not care for most of the characters on that show, but I wanted to watch it because Spike was on it near the end. I couldn't do it. Not even for Spike. Oh, man, I loved it. I I like most of Angel. Like, I like the procedural detective noir shit that they do in it. I really, I like Angel quite a bit as a series. Um, I also like all of those characters quite a bit. Um, but, uh... I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, Batman I might... Batman vs. Superman didn't turn into a hate... Like, probably like 15 minutes in, it's just me staring slack-jawed at the screen like, wow, how can you just make those kinds of decisions in rapid succession? As a director, how did this happen? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that... Uh, nope. More power to you, I guess. I mean, I'm gonna hate-watch this whole Justice League Snyder Cut, probably. Maybe not even hate-watch. I'm legitimately interested to in see what this four-hour clusterfuck is gonna be. Do you know how much questing I could accomplish in four hours? Do you know how much audio I could get through in four hours? Yeah, you just do both at the same time. <laughs> so I can I can quest while doing my second pass on audio, but I can't do it on my first pass because I have to pause too much. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, well, 
I usually play games that I can pause, so I can pause them when I need to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I'll play Magic where I have, like, a pretty generous amount of time to solve a problem. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna watch the shit out of that. Have you seen the clip of Jared Leto as the Joker turning around and saying, Batman, we're part of, like, we live in a society? Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> why are we getting this instead of another Birds of Prey movie? Uh, we're probably getting not necessarily another Birds of Prey movie, but those characters are probably going to be spun off into movies. And then it seems as though Birds of Prey is going to be canon to James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad that's coming up. Uh, Okay. Which I'm interested in because I like James Gunn. I like James Gunn as director. Uh, I think he he does phenomenal work when it comes to ensemble casts. Uh, he really understands, like, he's a big fucking comic book nerd and understands why comic books work. Uh, I feel like more so than a number of directors. Also, mm-hmm. John Cena is like a justice obsessed fucking, uh, like, murder monster bad guy in it. So that's going to be fun. Uh, oh my uh, god, I just realized the last movie I saw John Cena in. What was it? Bumblebee. Oh, well, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. It's just like, oh, have I not actually watched anything with John Cena in it other than Bumblebee? Uh, blo- He's pretty good in Blockers. That's like a teen sex comedy sort of thing. But it's, like, much more wholesome than your regular teen sex comedy, and he plays, like, an ultra-supportive dad. Aww. Uh, see, I'm trying to think of other things John Cena's been in. I got nothing. He's gonna be in that new Fast and the Furious movie. I'm pretty stoked for that. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, he's gonna play, he's playing, have you not seen the trailers for the new Fast and the Furious? Brian, that implies that I watch things. Uh, he, uh, he, he is playing Dom Toretto, uh, who is, who is Vin Diesel's character. Uh, he's mm-hmm. playing Dom Toretto's evil half-brother. Oh, that's <laughs> delightful! He, at one point, one of the stunts that's in the trailer, they, like, drive a car off a cliff and then using, like, uh, like, wrap, like, the bridge is out, so they, like, drive off and they like wrap the cable around the wheel of the car and they like slingshot the car around and like get onto some kind of embankment or some fucking thing because the Fast and the Furious movies started being superhero movies a number of movies ago. It's pretty great. But that's fantastic. Listen, the Fast and the Furious movies are legit okay. They're not like fucking cinematic masterpieces, but they are great spectacle watches. Um, all right, we should probably record our episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so this week we are finally kicking off season two of Steven Universe. Uh, soon, I promise everybody, soon we will be on whatever the air order is for various places where you're watching this. Um, I'm still going, we are still sticking to what the original intended release order is, and I feel like more so than usual this week, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
especially considering how some of these episodes got released. Uh, but we are rec- we are watching episodes two. Are or do you want to go with number in the series or number in the season? Uh, I guess number in the series. Yeah, that makes more sense. It's gonna be less confusing that way. We could do the Pokemon thing like the Great Gundam Project does. <laughs> um, so we're going to be watching episodes 53, 54, and 55, Full Disclosure, Joyride, and Say Uncle. Um, also, you'll be noticing we have new uh, new cover art for season two uh, done by the venerable Lou, uh, who did our previous cover art. Uh, they're fucking dope as hell. Commission Lou. To do your shit for you. Do it. <laughs> uh, they, they, they've become almost the default uh, cover art artist for Standing Stones. They're just about there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so we're going to be kicking things off with full disclosure. Uh, it was written by Raven uh, Mullacy and Paul Velico. Uh... And the official synopsis is Stephen tries to avoid Connie so he doesn't have to tell her about his harrowing adventure. No. That's... No. No, you're right, because it's not why he's... It's not that he doesn't want to tell her about his harrowing. It's more complicated than that. Yeah. 50% credit. Yeah, 50%. Still failing, but you, you got a good portion of the way there. Yeah, he's some makeup work after class. He'll be okay. Mm-hmm. After the battle with Jasper, Connie grows worried after uh, uh, after the message that Stephen left on her answering machine and calls back. Uh, Stephen and Amethyst, or Amethyst, is just losing her mind. She's so happy that they fucking survived. Um, and Stephen is trying to explain to Connie exactly what's happened. Uh, he's doing kind of a rushed, confusing way when Greg pulls up. Um, Greg. Uh, is very happy that his son is alive, uh, hugs him greatly, is concerned about the black eye that Stephen is sporting, and he asks what's going on. Uh, Stephen sort of explains the situation as Greg becomes increasingly disconcerted about it uh, until he finally has to retreat from the conversation, go to his van, find his calming music CD, uh, but then he puts in like a death metal album, uh, and he just like loses his shit. Uh, this kind of worries Stephen, uh, and he doesn't want Connie to react the same way, so he holds off on answering his phone, um, and he kind of retreats through the city, uh, seeing all of the damage that has been caused, which is just only compounding these feelings that he shouldn't bring Connie into this, uh, finally he kind of retreats to the, uh, the hilltop to survey the aftermath of the gym attack, uh, while he's up there, he encounters Ronaldo, who tells him that Mary Dewey is going to start bringing people back into the city, um, and uh, also relates to Stephen about how they are both arbiters of the harsh truth, and that they alone must bear the cross that is this truth, because normal motherfucking people, they just don't get us, man. Um, uh, Steven is afraid that uh, he will hurt Connie if she continues to be his friend, so he decides to. it's better to avoid her. Uh, we get all of this exposition via song. Um, back home, uh, while listening to Pearl and Amethyst kind of debate what they need to do about the, the crash site, 
uh, Steven says that they need to keep all the humans out. He's trying to be very tough, very, like, detached from his emotions um, until uh, finally his cell phone rings and breaks his facade. Um, Pearl asks him what's up, and he's like, listen, I'm just, I can't have Connie in my life. It's too dangerous for her. And Amethyst is like, that's gonna be real fucking hard because she's here, bro. Um, and then we have uh, a recreation of uh, of the Scott Pilgrim scene as Connie uh, tries to get a hold of Steven, and Pearl's like, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, and Steven's just running across the beach. Uh, he tries to hide from Connie, but she kind of uh, susses out where he's at by using the cell phone ring. Uh, Steven texts to her that he does not want to be friends anymore. Connie's like, well, if you don't want to be friends, that's okay, but you've got to tell me to my face, you fucking coward. Um, finally, after calling Steven out, he comes out and uh, is just a, like a blubbering mess because he doesn't actually not want to be friends. Um, he tells Connie about all that's happened. Uh, she offers him... Uh, some kind words and support saying that she'll she'll be there for him greg finally shows back up he's chill now he found his calm music he's listening to that imogen heap uh he's getting his vibe on uh he offers to drive connie back home as they drive through beach city we see people rebuilding everything seems to be okay with beach city star wipe the end I kept feeling like I was moving too fast because I've gotten into the gear from last last time. <laughs> about yeah. the super long one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, Although it was, it was funny. I watched this one and then Anya was like, oh, um, you know, are we not watching any others? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. They thought that this one was like half an hour long, but no, it's... Just the normal 11 minutes. Right? It It's just so wild how it feels like they get, like, after watching a 45-minute thing last time, which is longer than the combined runtime of all three of these episodes, they get, they get just an obscene amount of, like, work done in their 11 minutes. There's mm -hmm. a song in here! There's a monologue from Ronaldo in here! <laughs> Unfortunately... <laughs> um it's uh like it's just like the 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 how quickly they're able to get this shit paid or how densely they're able to get this packed without fucking up their pacing is is mm -hmm. wild because i too was like wait this feels way long but not in like a bad way just does not feel like 11 minutes no there's there's no fat on these None. episodes Lean. I mean, we can't say that for everything because there was that really uncomfortably long sequence of, like, Steven working out that was a reference to, like, a Korean uh, workout routine <laughs> yeah. that could have been about half as long, but... Um... Let's see... Okay, cool. I was trying to see if, uh, I was looking on Keep Beach City Weird to see what's up. <laughs> what is up? Uh, just seeing what Ronaldo posted when this episode aired. I believe it's when this episode aired. Yes, it is. March 13th. Um, it's like a gif of, uh, of what he thinks is happening. 
I will send it to you. It's like a, it's like the hand. It's the hand ship, but it's like burrows into the earth and then steals the earth. Will that work? Did that work? It did not. Let me send you the link. Blah. There we go. I think you may have to open the original. Yes, you have to open the original for the tour. Um, somebody in the animation department had fun uh... making that. And he says, uh, the space hand blew up, we're safe, but questions remain. Like, who blew it up? Why did it come to Beach City? And how come Petey always gets to ride in the front seat? I have my own theory. The space hand is connected to the polymorphic sentient rocks. Their goal? To hollow out the Earth so that they can transport it to their star system, as shown here in this very technical animated sequence. I have to do some more investigation to find out the truth, but I have a feeling that this is going to turn into something big. Oh, I also saw Steven hanging up on old Brooding Hill. Uh, he looks sad, but I think I gave him some good advice. <laughs> Tags, so, keep Beach City weird, animated give Steven Universe life advice. <laughs> so, uh... Are the Diamond Authority trying to steal Earth somehow? Is that what Peridot is there for? Um, we'll find out. We find out uh -huh. very soon what's up with why Peridot's here and what's up. I think literally next time we record, we will find out. Okay. Yep. Uh, also, there's a post about Uncle Grandpa. Uh, Why is nobody talking about the crying breakfast friends slash interdimensional fa uh, family friend crossover? It's what it says. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, uh, I like how like it's like a it's not exactly. I wish it had kind of been a cold open without the credit, like the opening credits. That would have been nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but I you know whatever. Um, but I do like the opening where they're just kind of staring out into like the fucking wreckage of this thing that they've done. Yeah, the, the reverse star wipe is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, I feel like when Pearl's like, oh, that could have gone worse, and then it, like, pans out to all of the destruction, I've, like, this is, like, me every day in my life. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for saying, thanks for being an icon, Pearl, I guess. Uh, I do like how when Greg shows up, like, it kind of sombers up the tone, like, because we're, we're, we're still, like, we as the audience are still riding high on the victory over Jasper, you know, like, Ash or Beach City's, like, moderately destroyed, but, you know, whatever, that's every week. Um, and Greg's there to be like, oh, this is fucking serious, we should be very, like, I'm very concerned, and everyone should be very concerned about mm -hmm. all these things that are happening. I fucking love his emotional journey that he went on as uh, Stephen was telling him about what happened. Just. I also like how he's like, Stephen, I love and support you. I'm going to be right back. Yes. Greg is so good. He's a, he's a very good dad. Oh, poor guy. Um. It also sucks that Steven has to manage his family's emotional needs on top of his own and then feels like he has to manage Connie on top of that. Right, exactly. And, like, Greg's doing his best. He's trying. Like, I get it. That's a very... It is a very disconcerting situation. I don't fault Greg for, like, freaking out a little bit, you know? 
Yeah. And um, like it's he's within his rights to freak out too. Like yeah. this is deeply, deeply upsetting. Like if somebody needs to explain to Steven, like it's not you know, he does he's not responsible for other people's emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, no one will explain this to Steven Universe. Uh, not for a while yet. Uh I also uh there was something there. Uh, the like, how, I need to. Add, so you watched this with Anya, correct? Yes. Did Anya check their phone by accident at any point during this? I know that this used to be Anya's ringtone, but it is not currently their ringtone. Oh. A because they don't keep their phone on, uh, on anything but vibrate, and B right. because I don't think they've ever changed it back since they got their new phone. Oh, that's fair. Um. Yeah. The. The constant, like, I like how they use that, like, chipper ringtone to really set, like, because it's cute, and then it's annoying, and, like, the the pressure sort of, like, it helps sell the pressure building on Steven. Mm-hmm. Uh, without it being, like, an ominous noise or some shit like that, you know? Um... And showing the destruction of the town, like, alright, so here's the... Like, they really showed the weight and, like, the cost and the potential like, the potential outcome of all the shit that the gems are getting up to. We've moved into, like, these are no longer going to, you know... Well, they're going to still be, like, fun adventures, right? But there there are weight and consequences now to the things that the gems and Steven do. Yeah, it's no longer, you know, just... Because up until this point, it was really easy to just kind of, like, write this stuff off as, like, cartoony bullshit that mm. doesn't really have any long-term effects. Although, like, you know, we've gotten some inkling that that's not the case, uh, just because of, like, the way that some of the townies have reacted to, uh, like, the, the gems in the past. And especially I'm thinking of uh, the pizza family. Uh and uh, Kofi in particular being very upset at Garnet. Right. Um, but, you or know. Or Dewey coming and being like, something's fucked up and I know you all are behind it. Like, Yeah. But for the most part, as far as we've seen, and I would guess by extension, as far as Steven has seen, you know, most of the stuff that has happened doesn't really have any lasting consequences. And so this, at the very least... For us, but possibly for Steven, too, since he's our POV character, this could be, like, the reckoning with, oh, shit, actions have consequences. Right. Which is a good lesson for kids to learn, but Steven takes it way too hard. Which is also a good lesson for kids to learn, to, like, not, you know, be responsible for your actions, but you can't let that shit eat you up. Yeah. Um, I like how it's the brooding kill. Old Brooding Hill. Oh my god. <laughs> I hate I that wrote boy. In capital letters, do not take advice from Aranon. <laughs> do not. Yeah, I, I wrote Stephen is not like you, Aranon, and then a angry, frowny face. <laughs> how dare how dare you? I do like that they give well while Ronaldo's giving his like uh regular people just can't handle shit like speech, they give him the Gendo glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh how do you like this song? I like this song quite a bit personally. It's cute. Yeah. Uh I'd... 
I'm gone. Sorry. I've ha- I wrote here. Why are Stephen and Connie so cute? They are. Oh, I did also write that down. <laughs> like these cuties, <laughs> like marks of the selfies. They're just like it's. They continuously do a very good job of being like, okay, these two like each other, but they haven't really admitted that to each other because they probably haven't quite worked out their feelings. But it's obvious that they're very into each other. Yeah. And it's adorable. It's so cute. Um, after that, my note is when Steven's like doing his like, the humans must not not come in contact with the alien thing. I wrote Gendo Steven. Yeah. Very on my Avish. I'm very on my Avish shit because they're also very on their Avish shit they this are, week. Yeah, they are 100% on their Avish shit this week. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. <laughs> I wrote Scott Pilgrim scene. I love that Scott Pilgrim scene. Like, I, I want to re-edit the Scott Pilgrim, like, just the, the video from Scott Pilgrim with the audio of Connie talking to Pearl. Oh, God. <laughs> God. That whole scene. Oh, my God. And and Pearl and Garnet continue to just be so bad at mm-hmm. human. Yeah, right. Pearl's like, I don't know what's going on. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, the chase is also really great. Like it, it, it so like it, it helps Connie start sort of piecing together what's going on because she mm. runs through the cell block, you know, um, and and it just it's very evocative of running through the wreckage of the battle that they just had. It's really mm-hmm. fucking good. Yeah, I had um, I had that it was something very similar that it was interesting to watch this this whole thing kind of mirror what had gone on before uh the last time we were in the cell block so right like, and like we know the piece like we can see the pieces of the ship from the top because we they did a good job of laying out the geography of the ship in jailbreak uh so we kind of like as they're running through bits and pieces of it we know where they're at even though they're kind of taken out of context and fragmentized mm-hmm um, yep. It's very good. The, this is, I also feel like this, seg- like when Connie's talking to Steven, I wonder if this is an intentional mirror to the conversation that Steven has with Pearl in, um, in, in Lion 3. No, not Lion 3, in the Rose's Scabbard. I hadn't thought of that, but. That is a good point. Because Connie says almost the exact same lines. Yeah. But, you know, Steven being slightly more uh, um, emotionally healthy than Pearl, like, reacts properly to this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love Connie being like, say to my face, you fucking coward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. And, of course, you know that he can't, and that's the whole reason he's avoiding her. Right. The thing is, we know that he can't, but, like, it, it, it's another thing to think about, like, in a lesser show, the, the story arc would have, like, the long-term story arc would have been Steven cutting, like, people out of his life, but that's not what, you know, Steven Universe is not interested in that, because, like, there's definitely a version of Steven Universe where he walks down there and he's, like, you know, he's, like, stone-faced or whatever, and he's, like, no, Connie, we cannot be friends. The anime version of Steven Universe would be that. Yeah. 
The anime version of Steven Universe is exactly what Steven was trying to pretend that Steven Universe is, but that's not what the show is. That's not who he is. Right. Um, you know, the, they, yeah. They're interested in telling a story about people coming together and relationship making relationships healthy, even when they're not, you know? Yeah. The, the core conceit of this show is friendship. Of course, he's not going to actually tell his best friend to go away. Right, exactly. Like, uh, he's friendship incarnate. He is literally friend-shaped. Nobody on this show except maybe Lars hates him. Yeah, and Lars doesn't even really hate him. Lars just projects his own self-hate onto Stephen. Yeah. Uh, I wrote this marshmallow when Stephen was crying. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's so cute. Like, it's nice that Steven gets to ugly cry like that. Yeah, like, it's not, like, they, when they go for, like, really trying to show people's emotions, like, they don't, they, they do a good job of animating crying, I feel like, in this show. Because, like, yeah. Pearl had some real good crying moments in, in Rose's Scabbard, and we've seen some other good crying moments from people. I want to say Amethyst just hasn't had a good cry so far on the episode, or on the show, but I don't know, remember for yeah. sure. I think she has, um, and then, uh, Steven gets to cry a lot, which, you know, he's the protagonist, you know, the boy protagonist in a show, you don't normally get to see boys do that that way. Right. And there's no, like, not a single time does anyone ever call, like, there's not even a hint of judgment in the show. Like, no one fucking even remotely tries to say that that's not okay, even for, even for the fact of, like, trying to prove, like, oh, it's okay for boys to cry. They show it's okay for, like, like guy-identifying folk to cry because just by letting them do it and showing it as a normalized thing. Mm-hmm. Turns yep. out Steven Universe is good, guys. We took, a, we took a week off. We came back. Turns out it's still good. Uh, yep. <laughs> Uh, Tani and Steven continue, like, immediately just go back to being the cutest. It's true. Uh, and then Greg just being like, your cool dad's back. Greg went and, and smoked a bowl. That's what happened. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That <laughs> Greg put on is... the Imogen Heap hip CD. He, like, fucking lit up and he's like, okay, I can do this. Yep. Poor guy. It's true. He's doing his best. Um. And I did think that it was nice showing mm -hmm. the the townies, like, in contrast to the, the fact that we are getting to see that these things have consequences, we're also seeing that Beach City will continue. Like, the people of Beach City are here, and they will rebuild as needed. Right. And I think what they're trying, like, I, to me, it kind of feels like they're trying to sell the metaphor of, like, it's, when you're in the, when you're in the crisis, it always seems as though, like, it's the end of the fucking world. Mm -hmm. Right? And rarely, rarely is there a problem so fucked that you can't fix it. Yeah. Uh... And I think that's like a good because especially for 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 kids who have like a harder grasp on like time and in the progression of things. And this is also true for a lot of adults, um, like especially now, like where, you know, when everybody's on like anxiety level a thousand, um, 
Like it's it, it's real easy to get lost in the weeds of, of the the bad thing that's happening, and to think that it's broken forever, and that you have to do something drastic to change it. Um, yeah, and it's good to show like no, you know, shit can bad shit's gonna happen, and you can rebuild from it. Yeah. Alrighty. Do we have anything else for full disclosure? I do not. Okay. Well, let's move on to... So, let's talk about the, the, the fucking air, like, the original air, like, airings of these. Because Did you watch these on HBO Max? Yeah. I know uh, that you that's... definitely bought your own login for it. Yes, I definitely have my own login for HBO Max that I don't share with anybody, Winky Face. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just say Winky Face into it. Don't know. <laughs> they've got the fil- they've got the filter for it. So apparently, the Listen, way that this aired, this shit aired, is like it's bananas. So, yeah. For, so the original story, like story for Steven, didn't even happen in season one, and then jailbreak happened. Then following that was full disclosure still technically part of season one then open book which was still technically part of season one then joyride which was part of season one and story for steven hasn't happened so they're making a callback in full disclosure to an episode that has not aired yeah it's bonkers yeah and i wonder if there's let me see if there's any weird trivia down here uh yeah, because, like, also, this aired basically immediately after uh, after Jailbreak, and there's the montage during the song is to get you caught back up, because there's supposed to be a break here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is very obviously the, epi- like, episode one of season two. Uh, yep. All right, hit me anyways. with that that episode summary. Of yeah. uh, Joyride. All right. Joyride. Uh, this one was written by Hilary Florido and Katie M- Mitroff. Uh, the official synopsis is the cool kids help Steven put some fun back in his life. <laughs> That's it. Does somebody, the synopsis writer for this, must oh be in God. some kind of jigsaw style trap where he's like, if you write... More than one sentence per episode. <laughs> uh, like, it's oh just fucking God. ridiculous. Oh, Jesus. All right. Anyways, okay. Steven and the Crystal Gems are hard at work cleaning up the destroyed pieces of the gem warship. Um, they are basically just kind of digging up the fragments. Uh, Pearl insists that they have to get every part of of the ship and also they need to start looking for Peridot's escape pod. Uh, Steven sort of wanders off and uh, keeps digging up gym frag or uh, ship fragments uh, across the across the beach, getting real into the zone uh, when finally he's sort of um, knocked out of his own head uh, by the cool kids, Jenny uh, Buck and Sour Cream. Uh, they invite him to come hang out and uh, like, you know, chill and uh, I guess ha- hassle the squares and Steven's like, well, I don't really have any problems with people. And they're like, that's why we need your positive worldview in our life. And he's like, well, I've got work to do, though, guys. I've got important gym work. And they're like, okay, well, well, maybe we'll catch up to you later. Uh, later that night, Steven is very sore from his day of doing manual labor when pizza starts slapping into his window. 
Um, he's like, oh my God, it's pizza rain. And he comes out. Uh, it says here in the, the, the synopsis, which he mistakes for pizza rain as though pizza rain is a thing that's happened before. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. Anyways, uh, he sees that's bucket sour cream, just throwing pizza out his window, like some kind of greasy Romeo. Um, they, uh, Buck makes a reference to uh, Purple Rain, I think. I don't know for sure. I'll have to go look down in the episode description here. Um, they he invites they once again invite him to come hang out. And he's like, well, it's pretty late. And they're like, well, your work's done. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I am going to go hang out. So Stephen's riding in the front seat of Jenny's pizza car. It's They say Jenny's car. But that's obviously the pizza place's car that Jenny drives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. They are, all the cool kids are talking about their kind of family issues. Sour Cream is talking about how he is uh, bumping heads with his stepfather, who is Yellowtail, uh, about wanting to be a DJ instead of being a fisherman. Uh, Buck is still chafing uh, about the predictive nature of um, Mayor Dewey, and Ginny is annoyed with her sister, who is constantly on her case uh, for her wild and reckless life. Um... And meanwhile, uh, Steven starts kind of laying out all the shit that is happening uh, to him, that he's grounded from TV, and also that a bunch of gyms want to kill him, and maybe he's his own mom, and that maybe the gyms secretly resent him. And the cool kids are like, yo, that's pretty fucking messed up, my dude, but you're pretty strong for being able to shoulder all of that. Um, Just then, Sour Cream notices a strange light glowing off into a wheat field. They go to investigate and find Peridot's crashed pod. She is not in it. Uh, And Jenny sort of goads Steven into having a little bit of a better time, taking selfies with the pod. Eventually, Steven gets into the pod, um, activates it, and they have some fun times with the pod, even though Steven's like, I should probably take these back to the gyms. But they're having a good time. They're writing messages in cornfields. They're frankly destroying a lot of property, but I don't think they realize that's what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> like, you're fucking up that. They're fucking that farmer's field up just it's fine. an insane amount. Um, it's fine. It's fine, I guess. Um Steven accidentally activates the pod into, like, full attack mode, and it fills with a weird fluid that I guess he can breathe. Uh, Shoots out distress flare and starts kind of vaguely attacking the cool kids. The crystal gems respond to the flare and begin attacking the pod. Steven is getting overwhelmed. He's very, um... He's very scared inside of the pod. Finally, Jenny stops Garnet just before she's about to, like, just fucking ace Steven. Um... Uh, Garnet breaks him out. The gems start admonishing Steven for not immediately coming to tell them that, you know, he found the pod. But the cool kids kind of take up for Steven. They're like, hey, he's under a lot of pressure. And you guys need to fucking go easier on him. And they're like, you know what? We have been uh, too hard on Steven. And Garnet ungrounds Steven from watching television uh, as he hugs her. Then the gems and the cool kids take a bunch of selfies together. Star wipe the end. Uh... I love the cool kids. Cool kids are good. Like, you know what? I I feel like maybe Buck's learned a lesson from the last episode. He seems way cooler again. Yeah. Uh, Because, like, they're just, like, real nice in this episode. Like, they're really good older kids. And why, like, every kid, older kid, because they're probably, they're the cool kids, I guess. But they're probably, like, they're still probably 17, 18 range, like Lars and Sadie are, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
it's just like nice that they're like every kid in every like a older teenager in Beach City is real nice to Steven except for Lars. Like yeah. even Ronaldo's nice to Steven in a bad yeah. way. He's a bad influence and he should be committed to the ocean, but he's not mean to Steven. Well, he yeah, did try to dissect Steven, I guess, that one time. Well, yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. That was everything malicious. worked out fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um No, I I do greatly enjoy the fact that the older kids aren't mean to Steven, but um it is a little odd that they specifically want to hang out with Steven. Like, that's a little weird. It is kind of weird. Uh, I'm going to chalk that up to just, like, plot contrivance, right? Like, they've yeah. gotta do, we've got to do this thing, and they've got to do, do this somehow, you know? Yeah. Like, I think maybe they me... do legitimately like hanging out with Steven. Like, he's, like, because I think by this time he's 13, so he's younger than them, but... They also don't seem like a bad influence necessarily, you know, like they don't seem like yeah. the kind of kids who are going to do fucking like beer bongs with the goddamn 13 year old, you know, yeah. they're definitely doing beer bongs somewhere like, oh, 100%. these three are definitely doing that, but they don't seem like they're not going to like take advantage of a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's a bit of a plot contrivance of like, well, we've got to get these characters into the same fucking room somehow. And yeah, this is just which the is easy, fine. You know, easiest, directest way to do that thing. Though it is a little weird that they're just like, hey, Steven, let's go hang out in a parking lot. Yeah. Um, though, I mean, he's had a number of positive interactions with a lot of them, and specifically Buck, who is the one who's coming up to invite him to come hang out. True. So uh, this could just be like the deepened relationship between he and Buck from 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 that uh, Guitar Dad episode. Um, Steven laying in bed, uh, being sore is me definitely today because my, my Fauci ouchie is very ouchy on all my joints. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, dude. It's, you know what? It's fine. I don't give a fuck. Uh, oh, also I love the, like, this is the plight of the working man, comrade Steven here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, do you think that's a Prince reference that Buck is making? Let me go look down here. Sour cream I have no stuff. idea. I was all I all I wrote was, uh, why does Buck want to see Steven smiling in the pizza rain? I feel like it's purple rain. I don't know. Uh, okay. They say it is a reference to Purple Rain, even though it's a kind of a weird sideways reference to Purple Rain. Uh, so, that makes sense, I guess. I like how Steven's like, is that a reference to something? I don't... <laughs> um, I feel like it was... You know what has been an even deeper cut and funnier to specifically just me? It's if it was like... um. Like a reference uh -huh. to the Tears in the Rain fucking monologue from the end of Blade Runner. Oh my god. <laughs> I've seen Lord. more ships explode off the edge of Saturn. Uh, like Tears in the Pizza Rain. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> I also wrote here in my notes, time dot is an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. The kind of is. Yeah. I like how they like we reiterate kind of where the like where the cool kids are at, like with their with yeah. their family issues. Because did 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 sour cream mention having like beef with with Yellowtail last time? I don't remember. Although I deeply enjoy uh, sour cream's impression of his stepdad. Murmur. <laughs> Uh, it's very good. Yeah. I think this is where they make the the solid connection that sour cream and onion are related. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and now we have all the pieces to know that sour cream is, in fact, Marty's kid. Yep. <laughs> Ain't that a motherfucker? Like, Hate it. Like his daddy wants to be in the music business, you know? Yeah. Um, I... I personally love how Jenny is pissed because nobody acknowledges that she's the evil twin. <laughs> right? Like, listen, I'm, I don't want to help you with your math homework. I want to go get in the fucking pit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I, I actually wrote that it's possibly the best gag ever. <laughs> I was wrong. But at the time, it was the best gag ever. What replace, does, does something replace it in this episode? Yes. Okay, I'm interested. Um, I I can't wait till we get some more time with Kiki, which is her sister, because uh, Kiki is also a fun character. The entire um, the under, entire pizza family is fantastic, and I love them all. Yeah, Nanafwa is like MVP of the pizzas. Yes. Um, I love how Ginny has to turn off the music after Steven's story. Like, fuck, holy shit, yeah. dude. <laughs> Uh, reasonable response it's true <laughs> i mean it's real like it, it is one on one hand a very good gag and also like steven's entire monologue is just like fucking heart destroying like mm -hmm. that he thinks that the gyms resent him uh which i don't for the record i don't think that they do i think they don't know how to, they're still processing their grief but i don't think that the gyms resent steven no um, but it's real easy for, like, a kid to think that. Um, uh, the, I still like, like, I like how the cool, like, also, again, I wrote the cool kids are good. Because they're so, like, they're like, man, you're dealing with a fucking lot. Good for you, Steven. Like, you're, you're, like, like, they're, they're very supportive of Steven after his, like, big monologue. Yeah. Um... By the same token, they're also really fucking dumb, and I love that for them, too. <laughs> yeah, they're dumber than fuck. They're so dumb. I, I love, love them. <laughs> the running gag of sour cream throwing rocks at the ship. Yes! <laughs> is, that the is that the better gag? No. Because oh. <laughs> no. I fucking loved him just, like, hucking rocks at it constantly. <laughs> no, it was, it was around there, though, and it was to do with sour cream, so. What was it? Aren't you your own mom? Oh, yeah, I wrote that in my, in my notes, too. <laughs> Come on, dude. I like how they reference that multiple times. It's very um, good. Also, we get a, another instance of Steven being strong because he just lifts Ginny up and puts her uh, behind him. Like, it ain't mm -hmm. fucking fuck. Um, 
the the little like the montage of them fucking around with the uh the escape pod is pretty fun it's very cute uh though they are destroying that farmer's field i cannot stress how much corn they're destroying (laughs) and and like they even wrote steven rules in it like there there's no denying who's responsible for this true i don't under i don't know if maybe they don't comfort they comp don't quite comprehend what oh it's a wheat field it's not a corn field so it's still bad um but like i don't know if they necessarily comprehend the level of like financial damage they're doing to that farmer (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the (laughs) when the pod fills up with with the avagu with the LCL. Yeah, with the LCL. I wrote Steven in a plug suit. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this, because I do not want that. No. Please, no one draw that. No one. <laughs> I do not want it. But Connie's Asuka, right? Like, she's not Rey. Uh, she seems more like I mean, Asuka. She's, definitely, yeah. she's definitely not Rey. Right. But, like... I would hazard to say she doesn't have enough baggage to be Asuka. True. That's true. All right. The Drims. Garnet Amethyst Pearl. Who's what? Amethyst is Asuka. Pearl is Rey. No, wait. Pearl is, is, is Shinji, isn't, isn't she? <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry I've committed Pearl to this hell. I mean, I feel like it's something that, in some ways, she's committed herself to. Like, hers is a hell of her own making. Yeah. Amethyst is definitely, uh, is is definitely Asuka, though. And I guess that makes Garnet, Pearl, or Ray by default. That's fair, She's she is the quiet one, I guess, of the three. But yeah, uh, so I guess Garnet is Ray because she is the quiet one. Yeah. Now I need a re-edit of uh of the elevator scene, but it's Garnet and Amethyst. Oh my god. Pearl, get in the goddamn robot. Uh um Man, when the gyms show up, they're just fucking ruthless. They're like, we're gonna murder a- we're gonna murder Paradot. We're going to fucking end her existence entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> And I mean, I think that really just kind of speaks to, like, just the sort of, I'm trying to think of the word, shit, not precarious, but, well, maybe precarious, like, just the position that they're in where all of a sudden they have all of this shit that they actually care about now, Mm -hmm. and all of it is being threatened, and... Right, because, like, in the previous episode, it's... It's Garnet, the person who was started the series as the most detached from humanity, is the one like, no, guys, we can't shut ourselves out from the outside world. That's just not who we are anymore. And and, and it's also interesting that it's Garnet again, who's just like, I'm going to fucking kill Peridot with my bare hands and slow. Like, mm-hmm. how dare how dare she come and fuck with my my home? Yeah. Uh, and God, the little scene where they're like, where Virginia's like, no, it's Steven. Like, it's a good scene. Like, like the the shift in Garnet's, like, expression. And then immediately followed up by her cracking that thing like an egg. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all the little eggy Steven Goo comes out. True. Shinji, Shinji got ejected from fucking Unit 1 there. Um, uh, I'm just gonna keep making weird references. Um, I do I mean, like that like when everyone's admonishing Steven, like Amethyst is like drops the sort of playful facade and is like trying to be very real with Steven because she's legitimately worried about him. Mm-hmm. That was a good little touch, I feel like. Yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, you you'll stop making them when the show stops making them. It's true. Uh, man, I cannot, w- there's like a giant Ava reference that comes up, I think in like season four and it's going to be great. Um, like not like a reference, just like full on reproduction of like a, a scene from Evangelion. Mm-hmm. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, I like that. Uh, I do like that. The, like I, again, the cool kids come to Steven's fucking defense. They're like, Hey, like, like, the cool kids are so fucking cool in this episode. Yeah. They're just, like, really good people, and it's nice to see teenagers not being shitheads. I mean, they're shitheads, but they're not mean about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, seeing teenagers not be, uh, yeah, be, like, your typical, t- typically how teens are portrayed in shows like this. Yeah. Um... That they're understanding, that they're supportive, that they can be emotionally mature. Uh, yes, they're dum-dums. Like, <laughs> they love throwing rocks at alien spaceships. Earth fucking forever, baby. Um, but, you know, they're just, they're, they're living their best lives. It's hard to, hard to fault them for it. Mm-hmm. I like the selfies at the end. Those are pretty fun. They're very cute. Oh, another little detail I like is that the the thing that breaks Steven on, out of his, like, responsibility shell is the idea of stickers on his Instagram. Yes. <laughs> it's very cute. Uh, that whole sequence is so cute. It is. Uh, I like how he's, like, he's, like, you, like I, the progression is really good of Steven, like, kind of slowly sneaking into the, the, the the selfies until like he's at the end where he's just like going full ham mode okay do we have anything else about joyride i just really enjoyed garnet being out here with the, i'm just disappointed right i'm not mad i'm just uh, just fucking coming at steven ruthless yeah i uh, i do like it like she's i like that the gems do take to heart what the the cool kids are saying. Like, they're like, yeah, "Yeah, we are really pushing him very hard. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't be doing that thing. And also that the continuity carried Steven being grounded from TV this long. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's been grounded from TV for like half a season, I think. Yeah. Um. But now he's ungrounded. Yeah. I wonder what TV he's going to watch. We need to keep a keep an eye on it. Uh, I mean, it's probably crying breakfast friends, right? It's true. Um. Okay. Right. Anything else? Nope. I thought these before we get to this other episode. Uh, 
I thought these were two cute little episodes. This is a good way to get like back into the groove in a season two, right? Like, yeah, we're, we're teasing the overall plot, but we're, we're letting the story breathe a little bit. We're giving people character moments. We're seeing like how the finale has affected our characters. It's, it's, it's good pacing on point. They're so fucking good at, uh, pacing in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. <laughs> It's happening. Episode 55. Uh, <sighs> Say Uncle. Written by Joe Johnston and Jeff Liu. Uh, aired not on April Fool's Day, but in fact on April the 2nd, 2015. Wow. Monsters. Rude. Uh Official synopsis, a long-lost relative of Stevens comes to town to aid him in unlocking the powers of his mother's gym. I'm going to give them a pass on this one because it's an April Fool's episode. You do not want to give up the ghost. Yeah, um, that's. And I mean, realistically, that's the the conceit of the episode anyway, yeah. so it's fine. So this episode start. This is going to be a weird synopsis, y'all, because I'm going to skip over. There's just so much dumb, wild shit that happens in this episode. Like, if you need to under, if you want to understand what happens to it, you have to watch it because I don't feel like a synopsis does a whole lot of justice to this. Um, justice doesn't do a good job of uh, of explaining what the fuck happens in this episode. Mm. Steven is sitting on the shore uh, of the beach trying to practice summoning his shield. Uh, but he just keeps summoning a bubble instead. Uh, he wishes that there was somebody who could help him summon his shield. Uh, and then a variety of sea animals appeared and a giant clam rises from the fucking ocean. The clam opens to reveal the silhouette of Rose Quartz, but on closer inspection, it's fucking Uncle Grandpa, uh, who's some kind of fucking multidimensional being. I've never watched an episode of Uncle Grandpa my entire fucking life, so I don't understand anything about this character. It ain't great. Um, don't. Uncle Grandpa sees that Steven is having trouble summoning his weapon, so he offers to help him. Uh, after a little bit of probing of Steven's gem, he determines that the powers are maternal, uh, and that basically they, they're, they're or not maternal, but they're reactive uh, to Steven being in danger. So he starts uh, shooting Steven with an array of weapons. Meanwhile, Pearl walks out of the temple, and she sees Amethyst being amused. Uh, and Pearl's like, what the fuck is going on? And Amethyst is like, some stranger is trying to murder Steven. And Pearl uh, immediately freaks the fuck right out. Uh, the Crystal Gems come down there to find out what's going on. They're introduced to Uncle Grandpa and learn how he's related to C Steven. I guess he's related to everybody. I don't fucking understand shit or fuck all. Uh, the Gems quickly determine that he's a goddamn threat because he is. Uh, <laughs> and then give chase. Uh... Uncle Grandpa summons a plot hole from provided by Bellybag, who is a character because it is highlighted on this synopsis as a character, um, which allows them to regroup in the UGRV, the Uncle Grandpa recreational vehicle. Uh, there we meet Pizza Steve, the giant realistic flying tiger, and Mr. Gus. Uh, these characters have reasons for existing, I guess. Pizza Steve is a cool pizza. He's kind of a fucking prick. Realistic flying tiger is a picture of a tiger. Uh, like an actual photograph of an actual tiger. And Mr. Gus is like a dinosaur, I guess. He looks like a dinosaur. Mr. Gus uh, seems to have extensive knowledge of Steven. Uh, he seems to have extensive knowledge of all magical multiversal beings. 
Um, he says that Stephen's powers are maternal, uh, that they are about protecting other people. Um, and eventually we get back, literally, we just transition back to what's going on with the gems. I fucking hate the plot of this episode. The, um, uh, Mm -hmm. they're stuck in the plot hole. Uh, Pearl's becoming more erratic and unhinged. Amethyst fucking eats pizza, Steve. Uh, which is great. Uh, that's that's fine. (laughs) Garnet gets annoyed and just smashes through the fucking background and breaks through the plot hole, um, because she's the fucking best. She saves us here. Um, they begin to attack, uh, Uncle Grandpa, but Steven intervenes, summoning Rose's shield. Um, they, Steven's like, hey guys, we shouldn't be mean to people we don't understand, I guess. And then... Uh, Uncle Grandpa's like, my work here is done. Uh, and he flies away. Um, and apparently, I didn't get this on my end, but apparently the episode ends with a poorly drawn picture of Pizza Steve reading In Loving Memory of Pizza Steve above it. Yes. Uh, due to him being eaten by Amethyst. I didn't, that yes. is not on my, I guess maybe I didn't watch through the whole thing. I just kind of just like, all right, we're done. And I closed the episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I like that. That's actually pretty, pretty fun. Okay. Yeah, I I wrote Amethyst just fucking murdered Amanda, and we're not going to talk about it. And then we talked about it. So yeah. you know, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think the fake out at the beginning of this episode is pretty fucking good. If you didn't know that this was an April Fool's episode and it started happening, the, this is the this is the the very beginning of this is the kind of troll that I can get behind. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Um. Uh, just as a note, according to the subtitles on HBO Max, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm definitely paying for by myself, um, the uh, sound effect of Steven's bubble is warble, warble, warble. Huh. I mean, I guess that's the noise it makes. Yeah, it's it's as much the noise as anything, really, I guess. Yeah. Onomatopoeias are weird, but it's just interesting to me sometimes to see what the subtitles or closed captions on shows say different sound effects are. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I'm going to say up front, this episode is not as bad as I remembered it being. It's still not very good, uh, but I get it. Like, it's not good because it just, it doesn't appeal to, like, my sense of humor. That doesn't necessarily make it, like, bad. If you dig this episode, you dig this episode. I just really did not dig a lot of this there are some good parts i like i think the very beginning of this before the gems get introduced is actually pretty funny like like so the, you know, go on sorry i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna contradict you here if you like this episode you're wrong <laughs> i feel like that's mean people have different <laughs> senses of humor they can they okay. can like this up ep- they can like uncle grandpa There's... i guess okay so so here's the thing I think it speaks to the nature of how Uncle Grandpa handled the absurdist sort of humor uh, versus things like uh, Gumball. Right. That's what I, I where was going like, to This Uncle Grandpa feels like the peak of 2015, like, like quote-unquote random humor. No. That's the problem. Yeah. Is it's like... The peak of that that humor is not Uncle Grandpa, because if it were Uncle Grandpa, we'd be still talking about Uncle Grandpa. The thing is, Uncle Grandpa, this or at least this episode, 
feels very much like people who thought like the 2007 LOL RAR So Random XD was something that they wanted to capitalize on, but they didn't understand what made anything about that interesting. And they don't understand anything about what makes absurdist humor interesting. So they just think, oh, we'll just throw a bunch of random things and you know into the blender and see what happens, and it's going to be a hit show. And that's not how you make something funny. Right. That's not how Gumball is funny. Yeah, it's not how when Steven Universe does absurdist humor, it's funny. Like, because it, it, these don't, like, a lot of these don't feel like Steven Universe jokes. Like, I feel like the jokes that I find funny are Steven Universe jokes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. With the one exception. I don't feel like, I don't feel like the, the sinking ship is necessarily a Steven Universe joke. I do feel like that was made by the crew, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. And it's a good joke. <laughs> um... But you're right. This is like RAR XD random. Uh, But like this is also indicative of a lot of the shows that were happening around this time. Like Adventure Time in its early seasons is very fucking guilty of this sort of shit. Before they start finding more like they start finding more nuance in the storytelling and the jokes that they tell. Um, I don't know. Like you I think maybe the reason why this stood out to me so much was because we had just watched Obsidian, which is still very much Adventure Time, very much absurdist, and a lot of the humor that you find in that show. Like, what the fuck is up with putting Glass Boy in a bubble wrap uh, bike helmet? You know, like, right, or our favorite character, supreme... Scorpion. <laughs> yeah, it's just some supreme absurd bullshit but it's funny because it it adheres to a certain amount of internal consistency right and also it just it happens and they don't have to point at it like yeah it this is the combination of like absurd and self-referential and like too cool for school uh Mm -hmm. nerddom and i mean i feel like Lots of other shows, like, I feel like Uncle Grandpa is the, the, the peak of that badness, but, like, this badness was, mm-hmm. w- w- was you could be seen in other shows of the time, like, uh, Marvelous Miss, the, Flapjack was kind of like this, a Chowder was also kind of like this, um, like... I feel like those shows, I found those shows... They were more charming, When I for saw sure. them, were more consistently funny yeah. and charming, yeah. Like, I was never a fan of either of those shows, but I still remember them fondly. I think Clarence... I have never watched Clarence either, but I, like, the... Well, not, like, a whole lot. But the bits of Clarence I've seen are kind of this sort of, like, same... It's got, like, a, like a low-key level of smugness that I just don't dig. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm being pandered to in a way that I do not care for. Right, they're like, you're gonna fucking love this, you fucking, like, nerdo. And it's like, yeah. no, I don't, like, because, like, and it's fine. If they want to do, like, like I said, it's not a fucking can episode. I don't really give a shit. Some of it works and some of it doesn't work. Like, it's just, it's very, very hit or miss. Yeah, uh, the stuff that. The stuff that most consistently worked for me mm-hmm. was before they got into the plot hole. After that, it was just like, uh, yeah. this is Once it became, not- if it had just stayed Uncle Grandpa causing chaos in the Steven Universe universe, I think it would have been better. 
But then we went full yeah. Uncle Grandpa, and I'm like, I don't understand who any of these people are. I don't understand what's happening. The pacing is real fucking weird. I don't get any the of these only, goddamn jokes. Like the only the only joke on that half that was worth a damn was uh, Gus yelling about you could have at least draw, uh, drawn it on another fucking layer. That was pretty good. I I did also like his Jim Sona. Like I do like a yes. little bit. I. If you want to make your April Fool's episode more meta and self-referential, fucking go for it. This is your episode to do that shit, right? Like, the ship joke is funny. The Jim Sona joke, also funny. The, the like, the plot hole stuff, I don't fucking get. I don't, like, I don't find fanny packs inherently funny. <laughs> um... I did kind of like the 40 to 50 Vans joke, but mostly because I wrote down 40 to 50 feral Vans in my notes, and that joke is just funny to me. Uh, they don't get credit for the joke I made to myself. No. <laughs> um, I like, I, I also at the very beginning where he's like, I was there at the very beginning, and then they do the like little like, you know, ad break thing at the bottom. I thought that was a pretty clever little joke. Yeah. Like some of the stuff some of the stuff was funny mm -hmm. some of the stuff landed but it felt like they were just slinging whatever at a wall to see what stuck as opposed to like actually thinking about what could be funny yeah like they're they're not constructing jokes they're just making references uh mm -hmm. and when they take the time to construct a joke it's funny like if but they're when they're just like saying something weird and expecting me to laugh like it's not funny you know I like the Beedrills come back. Yes. <laughs> um, I Pizza Steve. I was like, I'm like, is Pizza Steve a character on this show on Uncle Grandpa? Like, is this a character that I'm supposed to know about? Are like Pizza Steve, Belly Bag, and Mr. Gus all characters on this show? What is the plot of Uncle Grandpa? Like. Do they travel the multiverse? Is that how this works? Is he just like a Hanna-Barbera fucking cartoon character? I don't fucking get him. And it, honestly, it doesn't compel me to go watch Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> I might read the Wikipedia page, though. Yeah. Um, I do like that that's not my baby from Pearl. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they kill Pizza Steve. <laughs> Amethyst, our hero. She was already yeah, basically just, our favorite, and she just shot up the fucking rankings. <laughs> yeah, she just just fucking went and took one for the team. Um, did you notice the list, like the big list that uh, Uncle Grandpa had? Did you see that SWAT cats were on there? Yes, I saw that, <laughs> and I vaguely felt bad because the our copy of SWAT Cats, the box set that we had was Crystal, so I gave it back to her. Oh no. Uh uh because I'm not a monster, but now I kind of want to watch SWAT Cats. <laughs> I don't like I hate things that are like real like that real like just a fucking nitpick, especially about comedy of this time. Realistic flying tiger or fucking whatever. I fucking hate that shit. That's my like least favorite fucking form of comedy. Like, if you're going to do yeah. mixed media, like, Gumball is, is, like, the fucking kings of mixed media and using that as a joke. But they don't do it, it they, they don't wield it like a blunt fucking instrument. Yeah, it's mostly something there that's for you to pick up if you feel like yeah. it. Yeah, and, and Gumball like, does, like, amazing work with mixed media in their show. Like, just period. Mm -hmm. <sighs> 
How they did better with, yeah. with with Flapjack, with fucking Candy Wife, who was like a terrifying monster and real, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah, I think I think part of what it just comes down to is this episode reminds me of how so many other things are doing everything that this is trying to do, but better and with more heart. Yeah. Like, I just, like you said, there's just this sort of this feeling of smugness to it that like the other shows that we've talked about just don't have. Yeah. Like they they feel like they're legitimately trying to like tell a cute story and then make all these jokes at the same time, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I couldn't, like, I know you don't like it, but fucking uh, Teen Titans Go is better than this shit. They trade, they pedal in the same, like, style of comedy, but it doesn't have this level of, like, it, it doesn't have that same level of fucking smugness about it. Like, they're, the key thing is, like, they're making these jokes, but they are committing to the bit, and it doesn't feel like they're the bit's being committed to here. Because mm-hmm. you don't yeah. point at the bit when you're committing to it. Yeah. We're um, way madder about this than I thought I was going to be. Well, I made my notes. I'm like, I'm oh, this so is fine. Mad. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm fucking mad as shit. Yeah. 40 or 50 feral no, although, vans, though. I feel like this is my best joke I've ever made. <laughs> I, I, do, I do want to point mm-hmm. out that at least in this episode... Garnet does believe that Greg Greg is inbred. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I mean, it's it's very clearly she's saying, "Oh, Greg makes more sense now that I think he's inbred." Right? I mean, but that's so that doesn't even really feel like in line with her. Well, okay, like I should I say that as if they don't spend the entire episode like making Pearl this not even comically unhinged caricature of herself. Like right. the only character who's like makes it through this okay. You've got Steven who makes it through it okay, and Amethyst, right? Who's just too uh, weird to be to be fucked with. Anya would like to point out again that Amethyst kills someone. And she needed to. It was a, f- like, it was a fucking service. <laughs> We're building a statue of her holding pizza, the, the crust of Peach's Steve, like, in memoriam to our hero Amethyst and not this piece of shit pizza man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am... Uh, I... This episode was not more enjoyable no. now that I have context for it. Right. I don't, I hate the part, I hate the transition, like, from the, the RV back, or whatever, like, the, like, now we wait for something to happen. No, fuck, yeah. that's bad writing, you motherfuckers, like, like, you can't, <sighs> this is, like, our most, this is the most negative we've been about anything, I think, ever in this show. <laughs> Yeah, this is just... And again, this is probably not... They probably know the animators of Uncle Grandpa. I'm not saying the people who make Uncle Grandpa are, like, fucking bad people or some shit, right? Um, they're, they're probably fine. They all probably work in the same fucking studio at, St- at, at Cartoon Network, and they all know each other, right? Um, so they're probably sitting in the writing room making this fun episode that's, like, just for them. Um, and it's probably corporately mandated, you know? Like, this is not... 
not something they would have done of their own volition. Cause I think there is an actual, I think the, uh, I think he, uncle grandpa also does appear on Clarence. I think this was to try and get uncle grandpa over as a series. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it wasn't the other way around to try and get Steven universe over. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know which one didn't get canceled. Uh, so, um, but yeah, did not like this. I, for the record, while we are incredibly negative, if like you enjoy Uncle Grandpa, if you think that's a fun show, if that show means something to you, if you get chuckles out of it, like that's fine. You can like things that we don't like. We don't think that you're a bad person for it. No matter what August says, August is just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to be like, you know, you're wrong. Yeah. You're allowed to be wrong, yeah. <laughs> but you know. But it doesn't make you like a bad person or 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 if you like this episode, it's it's fine to disagree with us, but uh yeah. But this episode is not great. Like it's got some funny bits, but the lows are so fucking low to me. Yeah. Um no, I agree. We did get B drills back though, which I enjoyed. <laughs> Just the All not even legally distinct frame. B-drills. <laughs> yeah. Not even... Because, like, in the previous one, it was two frames of animation. Mm-hmm. This one, there was only the one frame. Right. It just moved across. Uh, so. Yep. <laughs> Anything else to say about, about Say Uncle? I'm glad it's over. It's done. We never have to come back to this again. Um, okay. So, next time, we're going to have a guest, theoretically. I've got to still confirm with them. But we should be having uh, Riley uh, Hopkins, you know, uh, Rev-like Reverend, Rye-like Rye Bread uh, on Twitter. Uh, they should be coming in and helping us go through the episodes uh, 56, Love Letters, 57, Reformed, and 58, Sworn to the Sword. Uh, also, I've been told that Riley has some very heated opinions about Rose Quartz, so it's going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> prepare yourselves for the levels of energy that we're going to have next time. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, outside of that, uh, August and I are, by the time you hear this, yeah, we'll be back on our streaming schedule. We're going through Metal- Magic Gear Monday. This is, we've, ki- we finally codified a name for our Monday streams. Um, Magic Gear Monday, uh, we're currently playing through Pyre and frankly, we're pretty fucking funny. We've been, Pyre, a, a game that does not have uh tradition i would say it has voice acting but i would say it does not have traditional voice acting yeah it it doesn't have full voice acting they recorded a bunch of different clips in a conlang that they put you know they they tried to make it so that most of the clips have something vaguely in reference to what's being said in the text box but it's it's a vaguely voice acted visual novel oh so like they're not even saying the lines in the whatever the con the, the 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 language they've made up is not strictly no. Oh. Okay. 
It makes it way less impressive. No, I'm not going to lie. Things, <laughs> there are some things that are one-to-one, but there are other things where it's they reuse some lines that have to do with certain things. And, like, it's it's still pretty fun. It's still cool that they made a con lang. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but uh, it sounds rad as fuck. But what we're doing is we're just reading all the lines uh, in funny voices. I'm becoming increasingly more feral as I have to keep coming up with more and more voices and shit's starting to get real weird. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Pyre is pretty weird. It's true. Uh, I feel like I'm adding an extra level of weirdness. <laughs> it's fine. So, call a super giant, I'll come voice act your whole game. Just me in a booth. <laughs> Start to you finish, and, no uh, stopping. You and uh, Logan Cunningham? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, fuck this. Get me Troy Baker. But you can only do Ocelot voice the whole time. He'll be a uh, pouty kissy boy. Um, but with the Ocelot oh voice. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, come check us out on Mondays. We're on our Twitch. The link is in the description of the podcast. Uh, it's Standing Stones Prod. Um, we're there every Monday. Um, it's a good time. Uh, once we get done with Pyre... Uh, we're going to be moving on to the Odd World series, so that's going to be fun. Um, hopefully, those games are still good. We've been learning a lot of things about games we used to think were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, fun times. Um, do we have anything else to plug? Oh, oh, um, I'm going to be in April. I'm going to be on Off the Table uh, doing a game of Blades in the Dark. Uh, for them that will be on thursday nights so check them out off the table on twitch um that's gonna be a real fun game hell yeah Mm -hmm. you guys you got anything to plug august kickstarter funded that happened in the the Uh, meantime did it maybe it happened before and we forgot to mention it last time possibly yes Um, but yes, I have a successful Kickstarter. I'm still waiting for the money so I can start paying my artists. Um, and also in April over on follow the leader, we're going to have, uh, some special guests from MacGuffin game company, um, Sasha Sienna and Johnny Sims of, uh, the Magnus archives slash the mechanism slash other cool things that he's done that I can't think about off the top of my (laughs) head. Um, they're going to be playing with us to help promote a Kickstarter that MacGuffin is doing in April. So that should be rad as fuck. There will be more details on the Twitter as the date approacheth. Hell yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, the time has come for us to, to return to our own vans inside of our hearts. Um, uh, how about you kick us off for the, for this new season, August? All right. I would like to once again exhort everyone to be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Peace. Peace.